Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Wish podcast with me, Carly. I hope you are all well in these very strange times. Wanted to use today's episode as a little bit of escapism from all that's currently going on in the world. So without further ado, let's jump into our book review of today, which is The Green Witch, your complete guide to the natural magic of herbs, flowers, essential oils and more by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. One of my favourites, I bought this book years ago and I've reread this a couple of times. We've already covered two of our other books, The Kitchen Witch and The Witch's Book of Self-Care. So she's definitely up there as one of my favourite witchy authors. So this book covers working with the four natural elements, seasonal cycles and energy, celebrating the solstices and equinoxes, performing seasonal rituals, working with green energy, the magic of trees, flower energies, using stones, the bones of the earth, houseplants, preparing and extracting the energies of herbs, making herbal incense, creating spell bags, making a besom, making healing teas and making restorative elixirs. So I devoured this book when I first bought it. It's the first book I got hold of that was purely dedicated to green witchcraft. So the book is split into two sections. So you have the first section on discovering the green witch. So delves into the path and history relating to green witchcraft. Focuses on energy centers and starting out with your own outdoor space or an area in your home as a sacred space. How to attune to nature and get to know the environment around you. So understanding the plants of vegetation that is natural way to where you live and working with that. So personal opinion, I am a witch in the UK. So I try to work with plants and herbs that would be native to where I live. Therefore, I don't buy in Palo Santo or white sage smudge sticks because I'd rather make my own smudge sticks through using native herbs and plants that are relative to where I live. So I see it as what a witch would have done hundreds of years ago. They would have purely worked with what they could lay their hands on or grow. But again, this is a personal choice. I have no issue with anyone using Palo Santo or white sage. However, it is worth looking into the issues that there are around growing it. It's also a lot cheaper to make your own smudge sticks and 3,000 times more rewarding. So side note, if you do want to invest in a good book for making your own smudge sticks, there's a book called Sage Burning by Kira Fogg. The whole book is focused on 
smoke cleansing. It shows you how to make your own using pretty much any herbs or flowers that you can imagine. And it certainly gives you the confidence to make up your own. So back to the Green Witch book. I absolutely love this book. The inspiration it gives you is fantastic. It has amazing recipes to make from what you grow. It teaches you how to become a natural healer. So in there, there are some bath concoctions, healing teas to make, how to make essential oils, balms, how to make herbal incense, how to work with the moon's energy when it comes to planting, harvesting, just so much that you can delve into all year round in your work as a green witch. It's a real treasure. So I thought I would read out to you the oath of a green witch, which you may wish to use to formally declare yourself as a green witch in a bid to live the green life. You may wish to use this oath and have it as a basis for writing your own or incorporate or address a deity in it somewhere. Lord and lady, spirits of nature, elements around me, bless me as I walk the path of the green witch. May my every action be for the good of all, for humanity and nature alike. Bring me wisdom and peace, serenity and balance as I walk this path. Grant me the confidence to do the work you require of me and strength to bear the burdens life asks of me. I swear to God the soul of nature, to work with nature, to honour nature and all who compose nature's multitude. These things I promise and this I ask of you. On this day, in this place, as a green witch, I so swear. If you wish, you can make this pledge anew each year at a time meaningful to you. So maybe at the beginning or end of each season. I've also got for you the prayer of the green witch. So if the idea of a daily prayer appeals to you, this is a lovely way to begin or end your day. Lord and lady, spirits of nature, elements around me, bless me as I move through the world today. May I bring joy and tranquility to every life I touch. May my actions bring only harmony to the world. May I heal pain and soothe anger. May I create joy and balance as I walk my path. Support me and guide me, spirits of nature, this day and all days ahead of me. This I ask of you as a green witch and thank you for your many blessings. So I cannot recommend this book enough. Just a heads up, with the recent spring equinox and days getting lighter and brighter, this entire episode is going to be based on green witchcraft. Join me in part two where we delve into what green witchcraft is all about. Welcome back. Let's start with a definition of green witchcraft. So it's classed as the practice of nature-based and earth-orientated witchcraft, drawing on the folklore and folk magic of ancient cultures. Green witches usually practice a traditional form of witchcraft in which the earth, trees, herbs, plants and flowers are consulted for their medicinal and magical value. Green witchcraft is sometimes confused with hedge witchcraft. There are some similarities, however, the differentiation is apparently that a hedge witch is seen as more of a traveller between worlds and a channel for psychic insights, 
whereas the green witch focuses on the here and now, so the so-called mundane world. Green witchcraft embraces the earth mother and nature with a reverence. Many green witches might be lucky to have their own garden. However, I believe any scrap of land you can use, be it outside a front door, on a window ledge, on a balcony, house plants throughout your home can certainly enable you to scratch the green witch itch. So whatever you can utilise, just please do not think that you have to have outside space if you don't. So many green witches will want to have a mix of plants and herbs that may be useful to your practice. So if you're walking the path of the green witch, you will likely find that you begin to create a relationship and bond with your plant and herb babies, almost similar to having them as pets. Plants are obviously living things that have energetic patterns of their own. So by getting to know your garden or plants and herbs intimately, your magical efforts will certainly flourish. So one of the best pieces of advice I've ever had in relation to my own plants and herbs and so on came from my mum. So she's a former gardener and as long as I can remember, has always been obsessed with gardening. So basically, the most important thing she said to me you can do when it comes to gardening or having plants is to observe. So take the time out each day to look at all of your plants, herbs, produce, whatever you grow. You'll see things progressing, but you may also pick up on things going wrong. So what needs watering? What needs repotting? What needs cutting back? What's being attacked by aphids, slugs, snails? All of this observation keeps you on top of what needs to be done with each one. So it's proactive rather than reactive. So like witchcraft, it's worth studying every bit you can in relation to plants so that you can understand when you buy a plant or inherit a plant, what sort of light it needs, what sort of soil. So, for example, lavender, it needs poor, dry or moderately fertile soil. It won't thrive in like heavy clay or soil that becomes waterlogged. It needs like a sort of chalky or alkaline soil. Just basically take time out for each plant to look at what they need in order to thrive. Another really basic tip that I never really used to do, which was pretty life changing when it came, came to plants for me, is basically to use a really good quality plant feed. So don't rely on watering alone. I promise you it sounds so basic, but it was the difference between my pink tiger lilies being five foot each year and seven foot. So I kid you not. Same with your houseplants. Make sure you use an appropriate indoor houseplant food for those two. Like I feel like I've come over all Monty Don from Gardener's World on this episode. If you haven't watched that and you're into all things plant-wise, this is definitely something that you should watch. Um, books by herbalists are great as you can ascertain how you can grow and harvest to help you both in the kitchen but also for making your own soaps lotions and the like basically ask anyone you know who might have green fingers for their help their input so maybe parents or grandparents it might be a hobby that you can enjoy together me and my mum swap plants she usually gives me more because she usually grows more. We go to nursery, like plant nurseries together. And she just gives me loads of insight into plants that I know nothing about. So 
something else you might want to try is I like to in the summer have a bath and add handfuls of basic sage so like common or garden sage the Latin name is salvia officinalis I add mint and rosemary and it's like getting into a bath that looks like a pond but it smells amazing it feels like you're having a bath in nature This year, I intend on doing the same, but you may want to try it and add rose petals or lavender. I always say thank you to the plant as I take from it and I make sure that I only take what I need. I also bought my mum a Moroccan teapot and some rose syrup so we can basically use our own mint and sip rose mint tea in the garden on a really hot day. So things it's perfectly acceptable to do as a green witch is talk to your plants. Purely natural, they are your babies. But along with talking, did you know that playing soothing or uplifting music in the area where greenery grows has shown in studies that music can improve plant growth by as much as 20%. So as a green witch, you may find that you want to work with other aspects of nature. So stones, rocks, rainwater, feathers, wood, bones, fire. Some green witches are also intrinsically drawn to things like ley lines and other centres of sacred energy. So think of places like Stonehenge. Ley lines form a large geometric pattern of energy that goes around the world So Stonehenge and similar places, so temples were purposefully built along those paths. A lot of green witches may have a fascination of working with the Fae. We had the Fae episode recently, which is actually one of the most popular episodes that I've done. And that gives you all manner of ideas on how to work with the Fae, especially within your garden So the fae are tied to specific plants or places that are their domain or responsibility. So you may wish to reach out to these beings with a special place in your garden if you have one to welcome the fairies. You may want to include plants that will please them. So plants that they like are like sunflowers, daisies, honeysuckle, thyme and lavender. The fae love music too, so if you do decide to play it to your plants, they'll be happy also. But check out my episode on the fae for more on that. You may want to, as a green witch, focus on protecting the earth, so through your ecological footprint, recycling, composting, or taking part in ecological causes. So everyone generally has elements of witchcraft that they prefer, but you may be an eclectic witch and take aspects of different types of witchcraft. I think for me, the first time that I ever really started to get obsessed with growing things, um, my granddad, my grandparents lived in Cornwall. They lived near to Bobby Moor. And um, everyone in the village was so obsessed with gardening. Like it's a complete chocolate box village. Everything was so beautiful. My granddad used to ride his shire horse down to the local pub and she was called Lady. She was beautiful. And he used to tie her up outside the pub, albeit briefly, and go in, have a swift half or whatever. And he wouldn't get too drunk because he'd have to get home, obviously, and go back home on his shire horse. 
Anyway, everyone there was obsessed with gardening. The ladies of the village used to have a gardening competition and everyone would go around to each other's gardens, drink tea, eat cake and look at each other's perfect gardens and decide who had the best one. It was like something out of Midsummer Murders, but without the murder. It was quintessentially British. And me and my brother and my cousin were generally told to bugger off when we were kids as this was going on. But anyway, so that was where it all started. Um, my granddad always used to grow potatoes. And I just remember him like sinking the fork into the ground and pulling it up and tons of huge potatoes popping out. It was a bit like striking gold. But yeah, for me, I think that's when I started to be obsessed with plants, basically. It didn't really hit me till a bit later on in life, but always found it somewhat magical. So I think you know if green witchcraft is for you, if you just buzz off seeing your baby start to grow. I mean, what could be more magic than planting a seed in the earth and actually seeing it grow? You will likely find that you are very sensitive to animals and nature. You might feel more energized in nature too. Like I was saying, as a kid, you may have found yourself loving being out in the garden or picking wildflowers or just getting grubby in the mud. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I still quite like getting muddy hands and just being able to get grubby in the garden. That sounds so wrong, but you know what I mean. But one thing I will say is once you do dedicate your time to your plants or if you have an outside space and you work on, you know, seasonal planting, be it herbs, plants, vegetables, fruit, whatever, once the winter hits, I always feel a bit lost because I find that there's one aspect of me, which is obviously the green witch side that I can't really do as much of. So yeah, I've found that I've now got a big houseplant collection that I can love all year round because it replaces what I can't do in the summer months when I can get outside. Anyway, join me in part three. I'll give you some further witchy tips and some spell work all related to green witchcraft. Welcome back to you, part three of today's episode. Let's have a look at some green witch spell work. So if you're writing a spell or working on your craft, you may find this helpful in finding the best suited plant for your intention. 
I've taken this from the Travelling Witch website, which is brilliant. So the apple, did you know that the Latin word for apple is malum, which can also mean evil, and it's the root for other unpleasant words. So malpractice, malfunction, malleus maleficarum. When you cut an apple in half, you can see a secret pentagram and five seeds within The apple is believed, although not stated in the Bible, to be the forbidden fruit of knowledge and not in a good way. In Samhain, the apple plays a big part in rituals and, of course, Bob the Apple, all in celebration of harvest. The Celts also believed that the apple contained magical properties and perhaps in keeping with the link to knowledge and wisdom, apples are gifted to teachers to show respect. The apple is also depicted as a sign for forbidden love and sex. So it's often depicted in art, popular book covers to suggest the same. So you may want to use this through in any divination or health spells and spells to help students excel in school. So basil is known as the witch's herb. It's such a versatile ingredient. It's a sacred plant in Hinduism and a symbol of love in many cultures. So in Haiti, basil is the herb of Urjlai, the goddess of love. And so basil is a great go-to for marriage spells and any spell to influence a lover. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. It also has connections to travel, protection, wealth, luck and health. So because of its ancient connections to witchcraft and versatility, you can use this in many ways. Along with bay leaves, wishes can be written on basil and burned so that they come true. Or you can also eat the leaves for a bit of fast luck. Birch is known as the goddess tree and pioneer tree, represents new beginnings and protection. It was commonly used to make baby cribs. Its wood does not rot and as a result, many people associate it with immortality and strength. So birch trees are renowned for being resilient. Following forest fires, birch trees will grow back quickly and repopulate with ease This is why they are associated with starting over and new life. So besoms, broomsticks are made of birch and birch bark was so thin and white that it was often used as paper to document sacred texts and symbols. So use birch leaves for spells focusing on pregnancy or newborns. If you can find leaves that have been nibbled on by animals, these are the best ones. Birch can bless any new endeavour and wishes for change. Clover. So the clover is the symbol of the triple goddess. Three leaf clovers have more symbolism. The four leaf clover is lucky, of course, and legend says it will allow you to see friendly hidden creatures like fairies and spirits. So for the Celts, the shamrock was a symbol of their knotwork as well as a balance of the threes, so gods, goddesses, and time. You might think I'll say use clover for luck, but actually the clover is for air magic, so communication, divination, astral travel, and matters of the mind. 
dry the leaves, burn them and recite spells whilst the smoke lingers in the air. The Clover's planetary association is Mercury, which is Gemini's ruling planet. So if you are a Gemini, this might be especially helpful for you to work with. The daisy. So this flower is perfect for self-care rituals and magic to make you feel better. Keep sun daisies by your altar to invite positive vibes. If you find yourself fighting negative thoughts, carry a pressed daisy in your wallet as a reminder to be open and find joy in every moment. Garlic was used by Roman and Greek soldiers for courage, perhaps because garlic is associated with the planet Mars. It's known as the stinking rose. It might be one of the most powerful warding charms out there. So incorporate fresh chopped garlic in any healing spell and be sure to add a fire element. Basically, you can pay homage to Mars. Powdered garlic can be added to talismans and spell bottles. So ivy, seen as the counterpart to holly, ivy has maternal associations of protection and less complimentary clinginess. Houses with ivory covering a wall are protected by this plant, hidden and shielded from the rest of the world in a loving green blanket. Ivy grows in a spiral, a sacred symbol, and has five pointed leaves, a symbol of the unity of the elements. It's a hardy plant and it thrives in many environments. And because of this, it is linked to fidelity in relationships. So incorporate ivy into love spells, but be sure to include holly to balance the two partners. For the less enamoured, use ivy to bind. So for this, place five ivy leaves in a circle and on each leaf, place a representation of one element. So holding the fifth leaf in your hand, make a tag lock for your target. So a tag lock is a personal item that creates a link to your target. So might be hair, bodily fluids, a photograph, something bearing their signature, any item that might create a sympathetic link with the target of a spell. So bind your tag lock over a piece of ivy, squeeze the tag lock tightly in your other hand. You can also use garlic as your fire element if you would like to drive the person away. The rose. The first five roses ever in existence had only five petals in the shape of a pentagram, supposedly, and symbolised sacred knowledge. Over the course of time, this old plant has been cultivated across the years to be bigger, more colourful and impossibly perfect. The rose resembles the human heart, so it's connected to love and passion associated with Aphrodite, Venus, Lakshmi and Eros. Along with the lily and lotus, the rose is one of the most heavily symbolic flowers in the world. Tarot uses the rose to show balance. The rose represents everything from virginal purity to wild sexual passion. It is also the symbol of secrets. So if something is sub rosa, it means confidential and only spoken of in whispers and under a vow of secrecy. So use roses in love potions, of course, but consider the rose also in another way. 
It curls up tightly, hides many layers of petals and grows thorns along its stem all to keep you out. So it's a clandestine flower. Use it for spells where you want to hide something or keep something safe. Use roses when you need privacy or to keep someone out of your business. So some altar ideas that you may wish to try as a green witch. You may wish to add leaves and herbs Rest them on your altar to dry them out, as well as to honour your connection with the earth and the green spirits. If you are working with a particular plant, herb, flower or tree, you might find this is a good way to deepen your connection with it. So you may wish to add some earthy stones to your altar. Perhaps you already have crystals that they can sit alongside After spending so much time directly connected to the earth, these stones are directly infused with earthly energy and a great magical addition to any green witch's altar. You may wish to add some soil from your garden or a local park or field for the element of earth. You could place it in a small glass jar or vial and add it to your altar as your earth element. You could also hold this vial or jar when grounding to strengthen your connection with the earth. You may wish to add tree bark. So when harvesting tree bark, obviously only use what has fallen to the ground surrounding the tree. Tree bark creates a layer of protection around the tree, but it is also nourishment for squirrels and other small furries, especially during the winter months. You may want to add flower petals. So again, you may want to look into the symbolism of the flower that you decide to add petals of to your altar and what it's associated with, the symbolism and so on. However, use your own intuition too. You may have a flower you associate with someone or something and decide to use it on your altar relating to that. So you may think of a goddess, you may think of Hecate and think of a black rose or a black tulip, just however you see fit. You may wish to add seashells and you may want to add them to your altar to basically incorporate the magical blend between sea and sky. So good herbs that you may wish to start with that obviously you could even grow most of these indoors. I basically have a collection of rosemary, sage, uh, parsley, mint, You may want to add like catnip, marjoram, thyme, oregano, dill, basil, lemon balm, lavender. They're always a good basis for a number of spells. So I've got a few little spells that you might want to try. Firstly, you can burn dried rosemary in your home for protection, purification, psychic abilities and healing. You can hang rosemary above your bed to help you remember your dreams Also, by having rosemary outside and around your house, it's meant to keep thieves and evil spirits away. You may also want to make a simple wash of rosemary to cleanse your hands before working any spell work. So burn daily one bay leaf, visualising the light of the sun filling your home. Invite all the blessings of Apollo. So bay laurel is sacred to Apollo, who is the god of magical arts, healing and all blessings. This breaks all curses. It reverses bad luck and bestows to you magical powers and healing akin to that Apollo can give. 
So I've got a little recipe for you in order to make green witch's salt. This can be used in spells for abundance, prosperity, money and luck. If you add black salt, it can help bring good luck faster. You can carry this in a sachet. So when you're looking for a job or expecting a raise from work, you can use it on gardening tools to help bless them for a good harvest. Don't put this directly on plants. So using a mortar and pestle, blend sea salt and green flowers or herbs such as dill, mint or basil. You can add green food colouring if you choose. Blend the ingredients together and place intent over the mix of the energies of what you will be using the salt for. Make sure you double the amount of salt you use in this to the other ingredients. And lastly, I've got some magical uses for one of my favourite, which is the rose. So carry them in a sachet to attract love. Add them to your bath to balance emotions and increase confidence. Use the petals to cast your circle or sprinkle on your altar. Use them to make magical perfumes, tinctures or rose water. Use red roses in spells for love and passion. Use white roses in spells for unconditional love. Use pink roses in spells for friendship. Use yellow roses in spells for joy and healing. Use red roses to represent the masculine, so active principle, and use white roses to represent the feminine, so receptive principle. Use the combination of white and red to symbolise unity. So that's it for today's Green Witchcraft episode. I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you want to send me any messages on Facebook or Instagram in regards to any of your Green Witch antics, please do. I'd love to hear about what you're up to. You can also obviously catch me over on Instagram at The White Witch Company. Drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Facebook, The White Witch Company, and if you could leave me a podcast review, I'd be ever so grateful. Thank you ever so much. I've had some lovely reviews through, some wonderful messages. I love hearing from all of you, so don't be shy. Definitely get in touch with me. Look after yourselves all in this really strange time. Thinking of you all, and catch up with you soon, witches. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.